Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we continue our Lenten sermon series on the Ten Commandments. Each Sunday of Lent, we, in Lent, we are taking a look at the commandments found in Exodus, and we are doing so two commandments at a time. And even though these are ancient commands, we've learned that there is still a lot of relevance for each of us today, and that during this Lenten season, studying and applying these commandments can help prepare our hearts for Easter. Let's find out what this week's two commandments are. Exodus 20 verses 12 through 13. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. The end. These are the fifth and the sixth commandments. Honor your mom and dad and do not murder. Unlike our previous weeks, these commands are pretty short and pretty straight to the point. At first glance, they may also seem quite different in their weight or in their seriousness. Breaking a command like honoring your parents may seem like a much smaller deal than taking someone's life. And at the same time, it may seem way easier to not murder someone than to actually honor your parents. These are two complicated commandments, and it is important for us to consider their implications while still drawing out a practical way to practice each of these in our everyday life. Let's begin this morning with talking about honoring our parents. This fifth commandment is difficult and complicated for a number of different reasons. What if we don't have a mom or dad in the traditional sense? What if our family systems look different? Or what if our parents have already gone before us? Or what if our parents are just the worst? Are there exceptions to this rule? And what does honoring one's parents actually look like? Now, when I was a teenager, I read this commandment as obey your mom and dad. And I don't know if I've ever rolled my eyes more at something. Why should I obey my mom and dad? This kind of seemed like my youth pastor's attempt to use the Bible to get me to listen to my parents. And I was not the most agreeable teenager, and I really didn't love being told what to do. I much preferred to argue and to question my parents' authority in my life. But throughout the years, I've come to see this commandment as more than a command to obey. And it extends beyond our biological parentage. Even in the biblical times that this text was written, not everyone had traditional parents. There were children throughout scripture who were orphaned or who were considered illegitimate, who were raised by adults outside of their family, adults who did not share their DNA. Like back then, today, 
We have families that look all sorts of ways too. And still, this commandment holds true. What if we considered honor your mother and father to include anyone who has parented us throughout our lives? Any of those people in our lives who have impacted who we are today? Yes, people who've impacted us for better and some for worse. I would argue that there is an exception here for those parent figures in our lives who abused their powers. This is not a command to honor your abuser. But outside of that, this command is to honor any adult figure who took on a parental role in our life. So now the question is, what does honoring those people actually look like? It starts with recognizing that not any one of us are self-made. We are not here on earth by our own accord. When we recognize this, we are forced to take on a spirit of humility. We are each products of those who came before us. Yes, for some of us, that means that we've learned from those parent figures in our lives how not to act as parents. And for others of us, we may have been shaped by those people neutrally or positively. In all cases, we did not come into the world through a vacuum, nor can we exist as if our lives are a vacuum, that we are not influenced by others. When we humbly consider that we were reliant on others to come into this world, we start to recognize the interconnectedness of all of creation. How do we care for those who have gone before us? In what ways do we look out for the well-being of those who are older than us? How have we learned from previous generations? When we take into consideration the well-being of those people who have parented us, we are honoring their contributions to our lives. We honor them when we take time to listen to their stories, to our histories. We honor them when we step up in moments of poor health or crisis. We honor them by the way we live our lives, by how we treat others in the world. And often we fail at this commandment. We take for granted those who have gone before us. And we sometimes find the generations ahead of us to be a burden. The fifth commandment is not an easy one. A much easier commandment is the sixth. Do not murder. Not taking someone's life seems to be a pretty easy one for most of us to check right off the list. We're good. The other ones we may break all of the time. This one though, y'all, this is one we can do. Unless we start pushing back on the command a little bit. What if we were to take someone's life unintentionally? Or what if it was a time of war? Or what if we took someone's life to protect our own lives? Things get a little more complicated. 
Imagine Moses receiving this commandment. He has already broken it while he lived in Egypt. And this seemingly simple commandment gets a lot more complicated when we take it, when we refuse to take it at face value. Then Jesus comes into the scene. And guys, if Jesus doesn't turn everything upside down all of the time, it is exhausting. So Jesus takes this command, this do not murder command, and he flips it on its head. He radicalizes it and makes it even more difficult. Let's see what I'm talking about. We're gonna look at Matthew chapter five, verses 21 through 26. Jesus is gathered with his disciples and this is what he teaches. Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, then you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Talk about complicated. Jesus does not say that murdering is cool. Jesus says the commandment to not murder stands on its own. Jesus just takes it a step further. He makes this once easy to follow rule now near impossible to follow. Jesus says that being angry at someone or insulting others is no better than taking someone's life. Haven't we all been angry at someone before? Haven't we all unfortunately insulted someone before? Not murdering, we can handle that. Not being angry, not insulting someone, that's a lot harder for us to follow. Jesus had this way of radicalizing what it means to follow God. Jesus didn't make it easy. Jesus made it real. He intensified how we are called to be in the world. Not to give us impossible tasks or to set us up for failure. Instead, Jesus challenges us to stop patting ourselves on the back for not murdering and to instead recognize that even if we keep that command, we still fail to love our neighbors in a million other ways. Jesus challenges us to take seriously the moments where we let our anger get the best of us, 
where we allow our words to destroy lives. Jesus tells the disciples that when we are angry at others, when we insult others, it isn't just bad news for our community or our relationships. It's a threat at our interconnectedness, not just with each other, but with God too. It separates us from God. On a lighter note, on most weekends, if you were to enter into our living room, you would most likely hear this sound from our television. If, <laughs> if you do not have young kids in your life, Bluey is the best children's television show of all time. It is a story about an Australian family of blue healers, and the stories mostly center around the oldest daughter and the show's namesake, Bluey. That's her right in the middle. These are seven-minute episodes found on Disney+, and they are full of make-believe and imaginative play. I highly recommend that all people of all ages set aside just seven minutes to experience this and to see what the fuss is all about. In one episode titled Butterflies, the two daughters are playing a game with the next door neighbor. After a few rounds of the game, the neighbor gets frustrated by the younger sister because she is playing the game so slow and not really right either. So the neighbor convinces Bluey, the older sister, to ditch the younger sister. Let's go play something else and leave the little sister out. The little sister eventually discovers she's been left out, and the scene shows her going away sadly by herself. When we don't treat people with love, we are not being the people Christ calls us to be. In just those two verses of Matthew, verse 23 and 24, Jesus says, so when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there. Go, first be reconciled. Jesus offers us the solution to moments where we break the commandments. Jesus tells us in those moments where we neglect to honor our parents and when we murder or at the very least allow anger and insults and exclusion to dictate our lives, that there's still hope, that we can still draw near to God by reconciliation. What does it mean to make amends in our lives? What does it mean to go to those who have we have wronged and work to make it better? In the episode of Bluey, Bluey eventually starts to feel regret for the way she treated her younger sister. Once she realizes how she's hurt her sister, she goes to her and admits what she's done wrong, and she asks her sister for forgiveness. Bluey works to make amends and reconciliation is found between the sisters. 
In modern worship, I have laid out challenges each week of this Lenten sermon series. So even though I am not in modern today, I'm here in traditional, I thought it would be good for us to all challenge ourselves and continue the tradition. For this week, your challenge, our challenge, is a choose your own adventure. There are two options here. You can either find a way to honor a parent figure in your life, or you can work to make amends with someone in your life. That's our challenge this week. That's our Lenten practice. What are those ways you can honor parent-like figures, or what's a way we can work to build amends with someone? These commandments are not meant to set us up for failure or to make it hard to follow God. The commandments and the teachings Jesus brought are truly meant to transform our lives, to build a community of people here on earth who are working to bring about the kingdom of God through the way they interact with one another. That's what we're called to do. As we look toward Easter and the beauty of the resurrection, we remember that we can all work to follow Jesus closer in our everyday life. One of my mentor pastors used to end every worship service with this benediction. May we follow Jesus a little bit better today than we did yesterday. We do this by honoring those who have gone before us and by treating others with love. And when we don't, because there will be moments where we fail and we don't do this, we're called to own up to those moments and to seek reconciliation. May we keep looking toward Easter and drawing near to Christ. Amen.